Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 19 of the Lip Lettuce Podcast. I'm your host, Randeep, and I have my co-host with me, Hershon, as always. Say what's up. Hello, everyone. It's our first, actually, second off-season episode uh, in Lip Lettuce Podcast history, and obviously, there is a lot of news just like we expected, coming out of the NHL after the 2022 NHL entry draft in Montreal. Um, We'll be talking about the selections, um, the trades that were made, and some upcoming free agent buzz. And then we got a very exciting guest coming on after Sean and I kick things off here. So, Sean, we'll uh, we'll get things started. What's been on you with you in the last, last week? Uh, there's nothing going on really. Just kind of just been excited for the NHL off season. I think with the draft free agency coming up, it's, I think it's the best yeah. time of hockey. Really, it's exciting. We'll time. get things started. Um, we'll start things off with the draft and uh, the selections made. Then we'll uh, move into the trades. But first off, um, the first overall pick in the 2022 NHL entry draft, Yuri Slavatsky to the Montreal Canadiens. Obviously, um, you look at this year's draft class, and I think it was one of the more exciting draft class in the last few years of recent memory, uh, just because we didn't know exactly who was going number one. There was no clear-cut number one favorite, and the Canadians actually ended up taking the big Slovakian winger, Yuri Slovatsky. Uh, in talking to Sam Cosentino on previous episodes, our draft expert, he actually was on the panel for Sportsnet during the draft. Um, he hinted that this could be a possibility uh, about two, three months ago. So, Sean, what are your thoughts on first overall selection, Yuri Slovatsky? Yeah, I think my probably my favorite player in the draft, Slovatsky. I think he was, I liked him more than right coming into the draft and. I was surprised Montreal took him first, to be honest. I think Montreal's need was a, like a center, second-line center, and I'm surprised they didn't take a right. But then they took the big Slovakian winger, and then they made a trade later on that made more sense into why they didn't take the why they didn't take a right as filling the center need. But I think Slovakian was definitely the best player in this draft. I think he is most NHL-ready, and it'll be, it'll be fun to see him play in a big market team like Montreal. See how he plays. Because Montreal isn't looking to totally rebuild. They're just looking to retool, obviously. And Slovatsky fits that bill. Like you said, like um, his body is NHL ready. And the way he's competed against men in the Olympic tournament and the World Hockey Championships. uh, Also, as well as playing in Finnish Liga um, against grown men as a 17, 16-year-old. I definitely see why Montreal drafted him. And the major upside in Slavatsky. I mean, you look at the other draft pick um, in Nemeth going second overall to New Jersey and Cooley going third overall to Arizona. I think a big part of those draft picks was the fact that New Jersey has a lot of center depth already uh, with Hughes and Zaka. And they were looking for a defenseman. And 
also Cooley, he expressed high interest in playing for the Coyotes. So I think that's a big part of why Arizona wanted to get Cooley was because they were familiar with him from the U.S. national program, and also they need players who actually need to play in Arizona. Um, they have a special circumstance, obviously. Talked about that a lot. So I wasn't really surprised with Wright slipping. Um, the only weird thing about that is just that since he was 15 and got an exceptional status into the OHL, it was always kind of expected for him to go first overall. Yeah, I would think I was actually kind of surprised when New Jersey didn't take him. And I mean, you talked about the center depth they have, but still, I just thought New Jersey would take the best available player. But decided to go for a different row. I think a lot of teams are looking at defensemen in draft, especially after looking at a player who was taken fourth overall, like Kill McCarr. I think a lot of teams are looking for players like that. And I think um, they just could fit that build. So. I can see why New Jersey. I can see why Shane Wright slipped. So, for sure, and uh, they definitely need players now that can control the game with their skating from the back end, and that's obviously proven this year by the Colorado Avalanche. Um, do you have any thoughts on the rest of the draft? Um, after the top three, four players. Um, if there's any surprise draft picks or anyone who you think got a steal. I think, I think um, Columbus got a really good player, David Juracek. I think Philadelphia messed up by not picking him instead. Of picking, instead, they picked Carter Gauthier, but I think Columbus got a good pick in David Juracek. Yeah, Juracek, he, he can shoot the puck, he can hit. Um, he's a smooth skater. Definitely, I, I think it was a bit toss-up between Nemec and Juracek on who was going number two, and it ended up being Nemec, but I think both of those players would be really New Jersey and Columbus. And um, looking at Trial Maple Leafs, they drafted Fraser Minton. Um, I don't know much about this player, but do you have any thoughts on the Trial Maple Leafs second round pick in a Fraser Minton? And we'll get to why that was a second round pick. Uh, no, I don't really know much about Fraser Minton, but I've heard that that's who the Leafs have been eyeing on uh, pre draft. <laughs> Of course, they had the first round pick and the trade down, but that's where they're eyeing the whole time. They're able to get him in the second round, so I guess that's what the Leafs wanted. And I don't really know much about him, so I can't really talk too much about what kind of player he is. Well, I think um, this draft was again like one of the more entertaining drafts, and um, some players that. I thought were questionable draft day choices. RC, you just said, Cutter Gauthier, um, going that high to Philly. I, I don't know. Um, he's not much of, like, I don't think he's that great of a skater from what I've read. And I don't think Philly really, they don't do a good job at drafting. So that, that one was a little bit questionable to myself. Um, but yeah. We'll look at the trades, Sean. Um, some big trades coming out of the draft this year. Um, we'll start with the biggest one first, in my opinion. Uh, Alex Debrinket being traded. Um, what are your thoughts on, on uh, Alex Debrinket being traded to the Ottawa Senators in exchange for... Exchange for... 
the number seven selection, the 39th selection, and a third round selection in 2024. What are your thoughts on this? I think Chicago basically gave away a 40-goal score because at the end of the day, um, this trade was basically one-for-one for one for first-round picks. So what are your thoughts? I think this was kind of the start. I think this is the start of the roller coaster, and then the roller coaster went downhill from here because Colorado really just got robbed all day um, after this trade. Colorado it started with cat trade, and I don't really understand why well, I guess the GM was talking about wanting to f- start a full rebuild, a fresh start. But, I mean, you have a 40-goal scorer that's 23 years old. I don't really understand why you trade him just for a seventh overall pick, basically. Um, it makes no sense to me, really. I didn't understand the trade at all. I think Chicago just got robbed in that trade. And, you know, like, Korchinski, the guy they've traded him for, he could end up being a top four defenseman, but even uh, still, would you be trading just a top four kind of guy for Alex Frickin? Like, to me, that that doesn't scream uh, like a good trade. I think Chicago is really just trying to tank for Connor Bedard, um, as seen by like they trade away Kirby Doc as well for <clears throat> for basically nothing. Um, what are your thoughts on that trade, Sean? Kirby Doc going to Montreal. Initially, I thought it was a weird trade, but now I look more at Kirby Doc. I could see how I think this trade could go either way. I think Kirby Doc, who's a third overall pick three years ago, and his three years in the league, he has proven nothing to show why he was a third overall pick. I think career high nine goals, which was last year, and he's never hit more than 30 points. So it'll be interesting to see how that trade turns out, but. I think this could go either way for both teams. They got the seventh pick and the thirteenth pick in this draft for Doc and Debrinket. So, do you think that's fair value, or do you think they could have got both for these two players? Well, I think the Doc trade could be fair value, but I don't know about the the Debrinket trade. Definitely isn't. <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be hard to say who's a winner from that Doc trade, just because he's basically twenty one and like really is only two or three years older than Doc chosen today so it's not a huge age difference and it kind of matches I thought that Doc kind of matched Chicago's timeline so to trade him away basically they gave up on him and so did Debrinket so I don't understand why these two guys are trading um, also like Chicago like right as of now um, we've obviously had some hard feelings about the Philadelphia Flyers but we got to shift our focus here to the Chicago Blackhawks um, after trading away two, two of their Top six forwards. They also don't qualify another one in Kubalik. I don't qualify another one in Strom. So I can walk away for zero Aspen. Um, Brent Connolly also is not going to be on the team next year. Um, a depth player for them. So you look at Chicago. Um, besides Kane and Taze, the top point getter on their roster going into next season on forward has 12 points. Um, Basically, they're not going to have any type near close to an NHL roster. It's basically just going to be an AHL roster. So, an on-purpose blow-up, the only thing about doing this to a team is if you don't know how long it's going to take to rebuild all these players. Yeah, definitely. I don't think we've called 
Philadelphia dumpster fire, but I think Chicago's already on that kind of range of dumpster fire. I mean, they only have really two, and actually you could say three. They have Seth Jones still. I mean, they signed Seth Jones to that massive contract, and then all of a sudden now they're going to a full pledge rebuild. So you can definitely see why Chicago is. Uh, I don't know if they're at Philly kind of dumpster fire range, but they're definitely there. Well, uh, I think they are, Sean. Like, how could they not be? Um, how, how could they not be? Like, I, I really think that that's like, I just really think that you look at a team like Arizona, um, even the Oilers, um, not now, but in the past, how long were they bad for? How long are they bad for? Like over a decade. And you're really risking a lot when you're deconstructing a team like this. I think Chicago's kind of looking at the Toronto model, but in Toronto model, they had pieces in place. Like, they had Kadri, they had JBR, they had Bozak, um, they had Morgan Riley. They had kind of those middle 20 to 30-year-olds that could kind of help the rookie take pressure off them. Um, you look at Chicago, they traded away, get away, all that. So, in my eyes, I think that Chicago's going to be bad for a very, very long time, even if they do manage to get Connor Bedard. Yeah, I think this is going to be Chicago being bad for who knows how long after this. I mean, this is like tearing a team down to skin and bones at this point. Yeah. Um, so with those were the two big trades. Um, there were some other trades that had happened. <clears throat> the Red Wings acquiring Billy Husso for the 73rd overall pick and then signing Billy Husso to an extension. Um, Five-year, or three-year, sorry, $4.75 million. What are your thoughts on Husso to the Red Wings? Um, do you think that they kind of overpaid for him? Um, I think in how the goalie market is, I think you're going to have to overpay for a goalie like Huso, and I guess I think four point seven five is a little bit overpaid, but it's only three years, three year contract. So I don't think it's a bad contract to offer like, especially with the cap situation. They have so much cap room, so I think this is just a good move for the Red Wings. Yeah, for sure. And I, I forgot to touch on it. What do you think about the Islanders getting two seconds for Devon Tays and then trading a first round pick for Alex Rowe? Yeah, that made no sense to me. For Alex Romanoff, I mean, I don't understand what what's happening over there on Long Island, but whatever it is, it's it's not good. I mean, two seconds for Devontae, but then they trade up first for Romanoff. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then the Maple Leafs uh, dumping cap to hopefully be able to get a goaltender. Uh, I thought this was a very solid piece of work by Kyle Dubas, the guy who's not afraid to not afraid to um, admit to his mistakes. Um, he traded away Mrazek going back 13 spots in the draft 25 to 38. And there's been a lot of research done that uh, picked 25 through 40. There's not much difference between the skill set of the players. Um, so in my opinion, I thought this was a really good trade. Opening up space, three point seven five million for a player who, like before, 
besides maybe eight games this year was a non-option champions, costing them tons of points at the standings. Yeah, this is a good trade for the Duis. Only trading down 13 spots to get rid of a contract that people are saying was unmovable and that he was a highly a highly viable uh, option for the Leafs. So to get rid of that yeah. cap space, the free up stuff. Free up cap space to have even the free agency where they desperately need a goalie. So. And also I think Kyle Davidson is trying to get back on Davis's good side. Like I think that his reputation in the league is low. And after being the Mark Andre Jury trade earlier in the year, uh, I think maybe he was throwing Dubas a bit of a bone because um, that goes against GM code and it affected apparently the Leafs relationship with Matthew Nice a little bit. So I think that maybe Davidson was throwing Dubas a bone because Ken Holland had to pay uh, a first round pick and a future second and third to the Coyotes to dump Zach Cassie contract. And uh, that's a big price to move uh, for a player who actually was making less than Peter Mrazek on the same term uh, two years left. So what are your thoughts on passing the Coyotes? Like, the Coyotes aren't going to have the most amount of skill, but they're going to be a tough team to play against with some uh, tough customers on their lineup, like Nick Ritchie and Zach Cassie. Yeah, I think that was a high price to pay to get rid of someone like Zach Cassie. Um, but I think there were some other rumors that um, Edmonton was in talks with Ottawa and Columbus, where they were looking to move Zach Cassie's contract. But those never came up, so I think there's a higher price to pay with Arizona. But this does free up. They have so much cap space now, I maintain. So we'll see how much they overpay in free agency. Um, we'll move to your favorite team, the Philadelphia Flyers. They trade a second, third, and fourth. Um, apparently trying to. Apparently they're in a rebuild. Um, but they trade away three draft picks. For Tony D'Angelo, and then sign him to a three-year deal worth ten million dollars. And uh, you look at Flyers cap friendly before free agency, we're two days away, and they have a hundred and eighty thousand dollars to spend um, with Owen Tippett and Morgan Frost as RFAs. So, what do you think about this this piece of business by Cliff Bucky? Okay, this is honestly like I could throw in a blind monkey into where. Philly's GM is, and it would be the exact same thing. If this team is in a rebuild, they trade away three draft picks for it. 27-year-old racist defenseman, and now they owe $10 million in cap to two defensemen, Rasmus Ristolainen and Tony D'Angelo, who do not fit a rebuild at all. So I think this is just... This is, this is such a Philadelphia thing to do. With 180k... Um... Like left to spend. Um, how do you think they're going to unload contracts? Because they need to fill up the roster still. They don't have a backup goalie now because of the um, story coming out of Russia, and they are planning to make playoffs. So they're not they're not bad enough to finish at the bottom. They're definitely not good enough to make the playoffs. So what are your thoughts on on uh, Philadelphia? Like, how do you think they're going to be able to? Fire cap room. I thought they had a lot more cap room to spend, but how are they even going to overspend in free agency if they don't have Well, they're going to have to move the contract with JVR's contract. But but even at $7 million, that's not much. 
Yeah, I don't know what they're going to really do. They're going to have to try moving these contracts, which will be... Which is going to lead to them giving up more draft capital and younger players, which they need for a rebuild. But apparently they want to make the playoffs, so that shouldn't hurt them too much. But I think Philly is just... I don't really know. I don't know how they're NHL on the team anymore. I think it's just, just really depressing seeing Philadelphia now. I think any Philadelphia news really kind of just... It kind of ruins my day, so. <laughs> well, I thought a good contract was given out um, for a big name off the free agent market. The Predators re-signed Philip Forsberg for an eight-year deal worth $8.5 million AAV. I was pretty impressed that they were able to get Forsberg signed for under $9 million, considering he was on a 50-goal pace and he had 84 points in, like, 78 so, like, honestly, I think that's a great deal for a player who loves to play in Nashville and will be there probably his whole career. Yeah, I think it's a good deal for Nashville. Just, you know, a 50-goal player almost. So, just lock him up for eight years and right, only under nine when the rumors were he won north of nine, I think. I think this is a good deal for Nashville. For sure. I think it's a good deal for both both sides. Um so we're looking at some more news, Sean. Um, some more news and notes uh, coming out of today. We're recording on Monday. Um, oh, wait. There was another trade, too. Um, I, I totally forgot about uh, Alex Gorgiev. Uh, also being traded to the Colorado Avalanche. Um what do you think of this trade? And he signed an extension three years worth 3.1. Um, I think this could be... I don't think this is a bad deal for Colorado. I, I mean, Gorgiev, he's not a bad goalie. I think sample size last year wasn't too big. He didn't really... I feel like in a situation like Colorado, he'll definitely benefit from it. I think a fresh start will help him, so... I don't think it's a bad deal for Colorado. I think he's definitely a good NHL goalie, but it'll be interesting to see what their starter will be next year, Gorgiev or Francis. But Yeah, behind that defense, I think a lot of goalies can look good, so I think that's what Colorado's going to be for in that. So, um, yeah. There's more uh, discussions going on, big discussions. The Leafs look like the fifth front runners in the Matt Murray trade. Um, could you give me like a Murray trade that would that would make you happy? Like, is there more pieces involved, you think? Like, what's a theoretical trade for Murray that you would, that you would think of Well, I think Ottawa's desperate to get rid of that contract. But, I mean, they're willing to give the seventh pick, Nasset and Murray, for the 16th pick to Buffalo. But, of course, Buffalo, I mean, Murray, if there's no, did not want to go to Buffalo. I think he wants to go to Toronto. So, there's some leverage there. But, they're definitely going to have to retain on that contract. I think at least 25% of that contract has to be retained. And then there's definitely have to be a sweetener, whether that's a player like Connor Brown or it's a draft pick or someone like Brandstrom. I think that definitely has to be involved in a trade. Do you think Justin Hole could go the other way? I think Justin Hole could go the other way. I mean, they are looking for right, right-handed defenseman and Charles looking... Well, I hope with Toronto would be looking to get rid of someone like Justin Hole, but I can definitely see someone like Hole going the other way, and then 
seeing Murray and the sweetener, maybe like Connor Brown. So I think something like that would, I wouldn't mind that. And it's not like Matt Murray, he's had a couple of rough years in Ottawa, but he's won two Stanley Cups. So you can't really, you got, you just got to hope he can stay healthy and stay above 900, same percentage. Um, notable qualifying offers. Today was the deadline for that, Monday, 2 p.m. Pacific. Um, notable players who are going to be UFA starting tomorrow, Wednesday. Um, Nicholas Abe Kubel, the man who dented the cup and was part of Colorado's death. Danton Heinen, who scored 21 goals for the Penguins last year. Uh, he will be also a UFA. Um, I'm looking at Dominic Kubelik, um, a Calder Trophy finalist in his first year, um, former 30-plus goal scorer. He had 20-plus goals this year on a terrible Blackhawks team. Brett Connolly, he's obviously been a depth piece for uh, the Capitals when they won the Cup. Uh, he could be a good depth addition for the for their center position on the fourth line. Um, other players who are going to be a favor is getting special call with the Jets. Uh, Sonny Milano of the Anaheim Ducks, Jonathan Dolan of the San Jose Sharks, Brendan Lee of the LA Kings, and uh, Andre Castro as well would become UFA if he was not qualified by the Toronto Blues, but they might look to negotiate a contract with him anyways, but we'll see. But when he plays, he's a good, very good player. Um, other news and notes from today, Sean. Um, it's apparent it's- now that Evgeny Malkin will not re-sign with uh, and he will test the free agent market for the first time in seven, 16 years uh, playing in the NHL. So what are your thoughts on getting Malkin? Do you think that the Pittsburgh Penguins kind of disrespected him um, and by not re-signing him? Um, and do you think that he's worth the money he's commanding? Because apparently he's commanding about three or four years at age 35 at around $9 million. I think he's demanding too much money. I don't. Um, that is definitely way too much money for a player like Malkin, especially at his age. So, I mean, you can't blame Pickford for not sending him, but it'll be interesting to see how he'll hit, how he, teams will react in free agency if how team will be willing to pay that much. He was a point in game player last year. Um, he's over 20 games in his career. Former Art Ross Trophy winner, MVP, playoff MVP. Um, how do you replace Dino? When he's healthy, he's still a top 10 center in the NHL. I mean, when he's healthy and plus 9 million, he's 36 years old for four or five years. He's going to want the length. I mean, but in four or five years, I don't see Pittsburgh really competing anyways. Um, they were willing to give a $5 million deal. I mean, five-year deal to Chris Latanger's 35 or 36. Plus, I just don't, don't really think... Malkin has that much left in him. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if he can stay healthy, and I don't know. I just don't think he's. I don't think the stats tell the full story. I just don't think he's a player that he used to be. Um, Sean. So you're talking about goalies, and there's not much left in terms of goaltending, and that's why the Leafs are going to a great rate. Um, some big news today is that Washington won't be qualifying Ilya Samsonov, so they get rid of their two goalies from last year. Um, they obviously must know something that we don't, because we don't really have a starting goalie this year. Um, what are your thoughts on Washington qualifying their starter? And do you think Samsonov could be 
an option for uh, yeah, I think there's probably something going on probably with Darcy Kemper, I would assume. I think that was something I was mentioned by Chris Johnson, but um, it'll be interesting. Maybe they negotiate in agency, but I think there'll be a lot of teams in the market for a goalie like Sensonov, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but I think there'll be teams like Toronto, maybe even Edmonton, looking at a goalie like Samsonov. Yeah, and like just these, the amount of free agents I've never seen this many team uh, not qualify their young players. You know what I mean? Like Milano, um, Kubali, um, and Sam Steele was just reported he's not going to be qualified by the Ducks. Um, do you think the reason is it's just because they're trying to sign top players and then they kind of fill in on the edges? Like, this is a crazy amount of free agents that were going on. Yeah, there's I have a lot of free agents this year. I think it'll be more a little more exciting for your classes. And um, yeah, there's been a lot of young players who haven't been qualified. So I mean, I don't know what kind. I mean, I was surprised to see Milano not qualified, but of course these teams could still negotiate in free agency. But it'll be yeah. more exciting free agency. And we gotta give a special shout out and honorable mention to our boy Josh Hussein signing a deal in the KHL. So, Josh, I hope you stay safe in Russia and uh, thanks again for your time. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't go to the KHL, but. Yeah, I'm surprised the team didn't give him a shot. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll see him back in the Do you think that we could see him back in the NHL one day? Um, well, actually, I have breaking news from Toronto Maple Leafs. Darren Jagger reports that Matt Murray and the Toronto Maple Leafs are very close to getting a deal done. So it sounds like Matt Murray to Toronto is confirmed. And it sounds like Jack Campbell will be signing in Edmonton. So this five, is five, five deal, hey? Yeah, that's what the report was. So it sounds like goalie situations are panning out. It sounds like Matt Murray will be heading to Toronto. Um, we don't know what the deal is, but that's what Jagger reported. It's not confirmed, but... Details will be coming out later, probably. Uh, yeah, just it's not confirmed trade yet, but he said it's very close to happening. So wow. we'll, we'll uh, see within the coming hours. I guess it's a good... Uh... Good, de- good, yeah. uh, good thing that we recorded today. Well, I have some other breaking news, Sean. Pierre Engvall has been qualified by Toronto Maple Leafs. I just saw it too. So, I don't know. A lot of things happening while we're recording right now. Well, Sean, we have another thing that's record- happening while we're recording. And I, I want your opinion on this. I think this is a massive overpay. Colorado is worried about cap space. Um, but some for somehow they used nine million of it in the last few days to sign Torgia and the net player. Valerie Nukushkin signed an eight year extension worth six point one two five million dollars. I think that's a massive, massive overpay for Valerie. Um, your thoughts on the contract extension to Valerie Nukushkin? Um, 
and then we'll uh, we'll touch on the match. Great. Eight years, one point six. I mean, eight years, six point one two. That's a huge deal for Valerie. Like, I think that if they maybe manage their cap a little bit, they could have retained on the bottom. I'm. I'm this is this might be like this can turn out to be one of the like like one of the worst. Yeah, I think this can be. This is well. This confirms Berkowski. I would think will be able to return. And yeah, I mean, I was thinking more like four point, like five point range for someone like Yushuskin, but for like six point two million, that is. A lot for an eight years, eh? eight years too. That's, I mean, I mean, three seasons ago, he didn't score one goal for Dallas, he went 70 games. So scored one. Um, how do you think they're even gonna retain the left in it? I, uh, I don't think it's possible, I don't think they could. I think Colorado hamstring themselves with this one because how are they gonna resign? Like, they could have resigned Kadri for this. Team. Uh, maybe not this, but if they just moved out one contract, if they're going to spend that one on uh, Nikushkin. Uh, wow, eight years. That's that's a big deal for players. Yeah, because this, this really can, like, this moves out a lot of pieces, like Lekanin, Burakovsky, Kadri, those players are like, it's always confirmed those players are going to hit the open market. No way they can. And, like, they have to resign McKinnon after this year. I, I thought that was the reason Kadri would be back. Um, I honestly would have rather have Kadri than Georgiev and Kushkin combined. Um, I think they got better value for Gorgiev and Kushkin, so um, Dakic leaving as GM, who knows who's making these decisions, but I think Colorado, they've tied up their cap, maybe and players are pieces they could regret in the future. And that's why I think Tampa's run is so impressive of two straight cups because they're able to retain guys and keep guys on such low contracts and not overpay at all for guys like Nick Buskin. Like, you look at Palat, he's basically walking this year because Tampa knows if they give him this kind of deal, um, they could be in major trouble in a few years. Yeah, definitely. And I think Nick Buskin's a better player than Zach Hyman. I don't know. Maybe he's probably, I'd say he's a better two-way player, but I don't really see too much of a difference between the two players, really. Yeah. I mean, Trustin's a bigger body, but still, I think we're really getting the same thing out of both of them. So, I was hoping um, the Murray details would come out already, but I guess we're going to have to wait. But looks like the Leafs are adding a guy with two cup rings. Um, to the roster and to their goaltending position. So, your thoughts on Murray to Toronto? Um, I never really. At first, I thought it was just one of those other rumors that you know where every single goalie in the league is linked to the Toronto Leafs. But then, I guess this one. I guess this one was more true than the others. And I mean, I don't hate it. Depends on what the full details are, but. Um. You're bringing in a goalie who's won two cups before, and when he's healthy, he can prove to be a solid NHL goalie. I mean, down the stretch last season, he was above 900 save percentage goalie before he got hurt again. But 
It was reported that the Leafs did go through a full medical examination of Murray, so I mean they have to know what they're getting out of him to be making a trade. Yeah, this this can't be another Razik type. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the contract's similar. Um, it's similar in the type of player. Um, the only difference between Murray and Razik is that Murray's proven to win. Um, he's won Stanley Cups. He's helped teams win Stanley Cup. Um, He's been a starter on Pittsburgh, um, so I think that's that's the big difference between Murray and and Marazic. He's a proven winner, and I think that goes a long way in the NHL. Um, and it would be great to see if Matt Murray regains form in Toronto because um, in 20 games last year he actually posted an I-26 percentage, which was fifth best in the NHL at the time. He only played 22 games last year, and in the last few games of his season, he led in eight goals to Tampa and five to Arizona. So that really destroyed his statistics from last year. So, I don't know. I think Murray could be, if he stays healthy, um, he's a lot better than Mirazka. So. Yeah, that's, I feel like... Yeah, I think... I don't really see if it's too much of a big risk. He still he only has two years left on his contract, so I mean, I think if you are acquiring a goalie like Murray, you're gonna have to have a plan B. Someone you're gonna have sign free agency, maybe someone like Samsonov, a tandem like that would be something would be would be ideal for Bruce. Yeah, and I, I think Murray could be a really good fit with Toronto. So we'll see how that goes, John. Um, so much news in the NHL that we covered. I hope we didn't miss anything major in the last few days. Um, and we're going to be having another episode coming out on Thursday or Friday, aren't we? Yeah, it's free to see on Wednesday. So. Yeah, so we're going to have another episode this week. And we have a guest coming on after, after this uh, little segment here, Sean. So... What are your thoughts on um, all of this? And also, do you have anything else to add that we missed? Um, I think one thing we didn't talk about was the Adrian Campy contract. He signed a new deal in LA. Oh, I, I didn't know that. What was it? It was four years. I'm pretty sure <coughs> it was around $5 million. Not how it? I'll look oh, at 5. it. 5.5. Oh, yeah, 5.5. I think that's a good deal. Um, because, you know, like, he's your top-line winger um, with Kopitar. So paying 5.5 for a top-line winger, we just saw what Nikushkin got um, over eight years. Um, and signing a guy who plays on your first line fit in well with Fiala and Kopitar, um, I think that's a steal. Yeah, I think that's a good contract for LA. You know, 35 goal scorer, and I think this LA team will be exciting to watch for a few years now. Yeah, very good contract. Well, Sean, um, thank you for coming on again today. Thank you to everyone for listening. Um, we'll be back, like I said, on Thursday or Friday because we got some exciting news on Wednesday. Sean, do you have anything on Wednesday, like basketball or anything? I do have basketball on Wednesday, but that's later at night, but You'll be all morning, all day, I'll be keeping up on. Are you going to be getting up early Wednesday to catch up on all this? Yeah, I'll be, wow. I'll be up early on Wednesday to keep track. 
mainly of Leaf cool. news, but about every team I'll see. We'll be back Thursday or Friday with another episode, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode with our guest. And uh, Sean, uh, give a big thank you for listeners, and uh, we'll sign off, and we'll be back uh, very soon this week. Yeah, for thank you all for 20th, listening again. 20th episode of Lip Lettuce. Let's go. Yeah. So. Yes, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll give it away to our guest, and we'll see you guys Thursday or Friday. And take care, rate us five stars on Spotify, and follow us on Instagram at Lip Lettuce Podcast. Thank you guys again. Thank you.